The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about are life coaches and cakes in the office and bringing pets into work as well. Because according to a survey of a couple of thousand millennial and Gen Z workers, these are some of the priorities for younger employees when it comes to choosing a job. Peter Cosgrove is Managing Director of FutureWise. Uh, Peter, how important are perks like this to younger employees? Yeah, I, I, they may have gone for the more esoteric ones um, there. <laughs> I, I, I would have said, firstly, Kieran, probably not the right time right now. We're just hearing massive you know, job cuts in many tech companies. I'm sure uh, most people will be more happy to be paid than not paid. But there is no doubt that perks have changed a lot because uh, with people working from home more, things like climbing walls in the office or gyms or free food or office, you know, corner offices, lots of the things that were deemed as perks in the past may not be perks now. And there is this also trend in every part of our life towards individualization, you know, whether it's Netflix or Spotify or whatever. And that will happen somewhat in the workforce, which will probably be a real challenge for employers. Uh, so, I mean, right, you're, you're right. Of course, they're going to p- pick the more esoteric ones for the headline. Uh, nevertheless, what, what are the types of perks that maybe were, were seen as esoteric 10 or 15 years ago and now they're just de rigueur? You have to have them in every office. I, I like basic things uh, would be that often now people get a suite of benefits. So rather than, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, you got told that's your health and that's your whatever else. Now people might get a suite of things to choose from. So that's the first thing. Uh, secondly, there's no doubt technology is a massive differentiator now because, you know, we're using the same technology tools often at home at work. So second laptop or phones and so forth. And then really, it can be things like for, for a lot of people, it's often the non-money um, ones. So, you know, being able where to work, you know, I want to work from home or it could be the hours I want to work. Maybe I don't want to work nine to six. Could I start later and finish later? So a lot of uh, it's going to be driven more by hybrid work. There was always the things, Kieran, in the past about somebody walking your dog and ironing your clothes. They generally came from the financial services companies, the investment banks in the UK. And very quickly, people realized they were just getting you to work longer hours and it wasn't really worth its while. Oh, well, actually on that, the, the longer hours argument. Let me introduce Neve Mark, Creative Director with uh, Journal Media. Neve, do you suspect that's partly what goes on here? Is that all of these so-called perks are actually just inducements to keep people in the office? think that. Um, I have a strange relationships when it comes to work perks and benefits in general. I think that some companies can use them as a smoke screen. So look at this incredible bar cart that we have. Take a look at our nap pods. It doesn't matter that we don't have good pension or healthcare because look at our sensory faux fur lined wall that you can rub up against for 18 minutes of every day. So I do think that that's the, a long time to rub a, a <laughs> foe for a wall, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's a perk, so you can do it for as long what, as what you want. You, what are you thinking about after the first minute, for the rest <laughs> of the other 17 minutes? You're Niamh. thinking about where's my health care, where's, <laughs> where's my pension benefits. That's what you're thinking about. Um, but yeah, I think that at times they can be used as a distraction. And I think that in a post-COVID world, we're looking at different things that people want. Flexible work hours is absolutely one of them. Um, I mean, there'll be a certain core of people listening to this thinking, oh, bloody millennials and Gen Zers. I, mean, I still count myself just about as a millennial. Ooh, elder millennial, I'd Yeah, say. well, I think 81, 82, isn't that generally the cutoff? Yeah, so you're an elder millennial. That's yeah, well, fine. I'm a millennial. I mean, yeah. I don't know why Me you too. have to, uh, you know, ascribe uh, the, 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 the <laughs> adjective to it. <laughs> It's the insulting just, adjective. There's the difference between Gen Z and millennial. I consider myself an elder millennial as well. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the workplace is very different now than when I went into the workplace. It would have been fantastic to understand
understand a little bit more about careers when I was going in. It would have been great to have a little bit more when it comes to an understanding of the way the career is going to look in the future. So again, I said it before, a little bit more about pensions, about financial uh, opportunities within the company. That would have been great. I got none of that when I started Mm. in a workplace. Um, So I think at times Gen Z now are looking for the dogs and for the bar carts and for the perks, I suppose, when realistically, I think there's a huge expanse between Gen Z and millennials. So I know for myself personally, I'm looking for something a little bit different when it comes to perks. Uh, uh, Peter, to what extent, because you mentioned job losses and there was big news on that front today with Amazon and yesterday with Salesforce. To what extent do perks like this, do they disappear when the economic tide retreats? Well, well, certainly they disappear from any sort of, you know, individualized where people are kind of renegotiating salaries. People are rarely doing that um, at this time. But secondly, um, companies, when they're going through any sort of cost cutting, they will look at these things um, and you guarantee that that beautiful basket of free food, that fruit that was there every day, Kieran, has disappeared uh, overnight. So any of the little things that can be done. The bigger issue companies have is they often get incredibly frustrated that they put in loads of perks, but they don't seem to make any difference because often the moment something become a perk, very quickly it just becomes the norm. So there was a, a very one of the big tech companies had two different company or two different uh, businesses in Ireland, two different offices, and one complained that somebody was getting better sushi in their office than they were getting in theirs. So <laughs> there you go. That's the challenge with perks. People will always expect something a little more. Yeah, Kira Murren is with us as well, the head of communications at Dogs Trust Ireland. Kira, when it comes to bringing pets like a dog to the office, I mean this is trickier when compared to some of the other perks we've described, isn't it? Because like. You know, dogs are more intrusive than cake. And as far as I know, people don't have an irrational fear of cake. There are people with genuine fears of dogs. So I, I assume you have to have some sort of policy. It can't just be a free-for-all, can it? Yeah, no, it's definitely something that workplaces do need to carefully consider. Um, and it's something that we've always we've always been ab- big advocates of, of bringing dogs to work where, where, where possible, where feasible. But the number one thing we say before even considering it is to do a risk assessment on your workplace. Um, and also, you know, for the employee that wants to bring a dog in, potentially, if there isn't already a procedure there for bringing dogs into the workplace to make sure that they do all of the necessary checks as well. Um, so there's there's onus on both sides to, to making sure that it's a really safe and happy environment for bringing a dog into the workplace. Um you know, in terms of the, the employer, obviously a health and safety risk assessment is your office, you know, quick to have a dog. Is it on, you know, the fifth floor where there's no, you know, quick access to an outdoor area or things like that, you know, um, do need to be considered. Um, also, if it's a particularly big office, we would strongly advise maybe having a section of it for, um, for people who want to bring their dogs in. So having a dog-friendly area mm. as opposed to just the whole place being dog-friendly, you know, that could could be a, an idea. So we're definitely not saying to everyone, oh, you know, there's a big free-for-all. Everyone British should be bringing their dogs into work. It's definitely something that we've always said has to happen very responsibly on both parts, on the employer and the employee before they de- decide to bring dogs near a workplace. Uh, sorry to lower the tone, but I genuinely wonder, like, is, is are there dog versions of, like, kitty litter trays? There, there, there are, but we would definitely suggest bringing a dog out to have regular breaks, toilet breaks, and making sure that there's food and plenty of food and water if they get through, particularly water if they 
for them to have access to things like that. Um, but dogs need, you know, you can't just bring a dog in and expect them to, um, you know, sit under your desk nightly for the whole, you know, eight hours of your work yeah. a day. Like you'll have to bring, you'll have to make sure that you um, have, a, you know, something in place that you can bring your dog out for a little walk, a little break, um, as you would stretch your legs, bring the dog out with you. Um, but make sure, making sure that they have access to an outdoor area as well um, while you're doing that. Um, and, you know, there, there's such huge benefits of bringing your dog to, to into the workplace, you know. Um, apart from it reducing stress and anxiety levels, um, stroking a dog is proven to actually elevate production of happy hormones, which in turn lowers blood pressure and reduces stress. So there are a lot of, you know, real benefits to, to having a dog in the workplace. But again, mm. it's always bringing it back to responsibility. So rub, rub a dog, not rub Neve's faux fur walls for 18 minutes a day. <laughs> I'd take a dog over that or a mandatory fun activity. There would, Neve. I mean, there's genuine uh, animal lovers and dog lovers out there who'd love that. Uh, the, the, to have the dog with them for companionship and to be able to bring him for walks. There's other cowboys as well who think, that's great, I bring the dog to the office and once an hour I'll have to nip outside to make sure it goes to the toilet and go for a walk. Absolutely, but sure, flexible work hours these days is what everybody is striving towards, so it doesn't matter if you're not chained to your desk anymore either. I worked in an office with a dog and it was absolutely delightful. It was a tiny dog, yeah. so I do think that, you know, it, it definitely wasn't an aggressor and I uh, got along with everybody, but it, it did, yeah, I liked petting the dog. I like dogs. Yeah, like I said, there'd be people who kind of begrudge all this. My own view is, I mean if it doesn't utterly undermine productivity and it makes people happier in work, by all means, go ahead and do it. There, there's an element of the cult thing in it, though, isn't there? And kind of work, living to work and, and that people kind of like, this is great because not only uh, does my employer provide me a salary, but they provide all my social outlets and I can bring my animals to it. And yeah. but, oh my God, I may as well just live in the office. Yeah, but I do think that, you know, like the point that was made earlier, it is to do with unique needs being met and the thing is is that not everybody classes what would be fun for Declan and finance for themselves you know like I literally can't think of anything worse than being forced to be in an escape room with somebody that I rarely talk to but that can be one of those mandatory fun perks that people say you have to come to it you know so it's changing I think that when it comes to perks (laughs) workplaces are definitely going to start noticing that you know what's fun for one person isn't necessarily fun for somebody else. No offence to Declan in finance. Well, we've just learned, I suppose, that one of the seven circles of hell for Neve Maher is being caught in a full fur-lined full, full, uh, uh, escape room uh, with Declan. Poor old Declan from finance. <laughs> and no dog these? on hand to calm her down. And journal media does not have either of those things, <laughs> by the way, might I just add. You have a Declan from finance. <laughs> and apologies to Declan from finance and journal media. Neve Maher, creative director with the journal media. Peter Cosgrove, managing director of FutureWise. And Kira Murren, head of communications at Dogs Trust. Thank you very much for joining me. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.